Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. Um, We talk to individuals from different genres, different niches, um, all people that have done a lot in their area, made some big, uh, had some big ideas and made some big moves in their areas. And uh, uh, today's guest will be just like that. Um, And we have been talking to people from different areas of expertise. And and so in the past, we've talked to people, um, whether they're confidence experts, experts, whether they are CEOs of business um, and athletes. And today will be a bit of a mix of that because it will be health um, health and wellness and, and fitness focused, but also some um, business stuff mixed in as well. So uh, you can look forward to that. Um, so the one thing that we have been doing lately as well is I just want to, um, you know, again, on behalf of the podcast and, uh, and everybody that we're connected with, um, to thank those individuals who are working while we're all working at home. Um, so just all of the hospital workers, essential services workers, grocery workers, pharmacies, all of those places, just thank you for what you're doing. Um, and then the other side would be, um, we uh, have um, two sponsors that are doing some stuff related to that as well. Um, we have uh, Jazz HR, um, which is uh, an applicant tracking system, and um, they we will have on our website where you can go on there. Um, we have it now, if you go on to www.bigideabigmoves.com, um, and they are actually, they have their platform for free for those organizations that are trying to recruit into those roles. And it can be a bit um, difficult to find the amount of people that they need right now, especially temporary workers. So please go on there, take advantage of it. Um, And then the other side would be Epitome HR, um, is uh, they also have a link on there as well where they are collecting information for those people who maybe have lost their jobs right now or are looking for some of those temporary roles. Um, you can submit your information in there and they are trying to connect people up um, either now or whenever those opportunities arise um, to be able to uh, get people back to work. So uh, a couple of um, kind of cool initiatives that, that we're able to help um, promote a little bit. Um, so we have Melissa with us today, and um, Melissa is a fitness trainer. Um, she specializes in OCR athletes, um, which is kind of cool because we've had a couple of those um, types of athletes here in the past. Um, she's an avid athlete herself. You'll hear lots about um, kind of not just logging top finishes in OCR races uh, across North America. Um, she was also drafted to the Canadian Women's Hockey League, and uh, um, so that's kind of cool. She did have to hang up her skates uh, at some point. Um, because of post-concussion syndrome. So we'll probably hear a little bit about that today. Um, But she was a a member of the uh, 2014 um, gold-winning team at the uh, Canadian Ball Hockey Championships. Um, And so that was uh, something else. And then she's also a certified holistic nutritionist. um, And she's been named on Canada's top 100 health influencers by Optimize Magazine. And that's been for three years in a row. And and I know that I think that issue came out relatively recently. So... um, so maybe we'll kind of jump right in there, Melissa, that um, congratulations on that. That's pretty cool, especially three years in a row. Yeah, thank you. That's It's been a very exciting honor, especially when I open that magazine and flip through who else made that list. It's yeah. very, uh, yeah, it's a very cool honor to uh, to have. Yeah, very cool. Well, I mean, obviously your your profile is is getting bigger and bigger all the time. Um, so why don't we we talk first about um, you do have a bit of a journey to getting to where you are now. Um, can you just kind of walk us through a little bit about how that kind of journey went, especially being kind of heavy into athletics and now kind of moving into what you're doing and, and helping other athletes and, and just walk us through a little bit of that. Yeah, for sure. So I've been an athlete 
my entire life. Like I literally learned to skate the same year that I started walking. Um, I went from playing like, well, figure skating first and then going into ringette, which was really popular in Quebec, not as popular in Ontario. Um, when I moved from Quebec to Ontario, we started, or I started playing hockey. I also played like soccer and tennis and softball. Basically my parents always made sure I was in a winter sport, which was always hockey uh, and a summer sport. And that was either the soccer, the tennis, the baseball, whatever. Um, So just been really active my whole life. And I always, I always knew I wanted to work in performance or like nutrition or fitness with athletes. Um, Growing up though, my parents weren't really fond of that idea. Like to them, my marks in school were were really good and they thought that I could have a better career doing something yeah. that required more brain power, I guess. <laughs> um, so, you know, when it came time to applying for colleges and universities, I actually went to school for broadcast journalism first and then decided to focus in on sports journalism. But it just, it wasn't my passion. Like, yes, I was working in some way, shape and form with some athletes, but it's not what got me up every morning. And I'm not a morning person and (laughs) media you need to be. So I knew right away, like being in a suit every day and fancy clothes and hair and makeup and, you know, 3 a.m. wake ups wasn't for me. So I went back to school, became a a certified holistic nutritionist. I did a CanFit Pro uh, personal training course. And then I've just continued with like continuing education since then in the nutrition side of things doing precision nutrition level one and then their level two and then just different kinds of like business courses that um help with the obviously the business side of things and like the personal and professional development so it's just been ongoing education my whole life and it's it's what i love well and and how did um how did you get into kind of the obstacle racing part because that's obviously a, a niche that that um you excel in but also you've really been able to leverage from a business standpoint too Yeah. So I was a hockey player for a lot of years. And in 2013, I had started seeing like these ads for Spartan races and they looked really awesome. Like it spoke to the athletic side of me, the competitive side of me. Um, I'm strong. So I, I always loved monkey bars and things like that, but I had a little bit of a fear of just like going out there and signing up for a race. So I found a local like Facebook community, joined their group and started doing the races and after the first race, I was hooked and I've done like 60 plus races since wow. 2013. Um, and when I started business in 2015, it was right after I had gotten my last concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had like at least eight documented concussions, but that last one was like November, 2015, that one t- turned into post-concussion syndrome for me. And I eventually had to, uh, hang up my hockey skates and OCR allowed me to keep being a competitive athlete without that same risk for um, getting another concussion. Obviously, anything can happen, but you're not, you know, bumping into other people. So the chances of hurting my head are a lot less in OCR. And so it just made sense to focus on that from a business standpoint. As much as I love hockey and have a passion for it, uh, in the beginning when I became a nutritionist, it was very depressing to think about hockey. So I didn't niche into like nutrition for hockey. I, I didn't watch hockey for years. I just yeah. like, you know, blinders up because it made me so sad to not be playing. So uh, with my business mentor, we talked about niching down into OCR because 
when I first graduated from nutrition, uh, the nutrition school I did, I did try to work with like everyone and quickly realized I don't want to work with the general population. I love working with motivated athletic clients that are very like-minded to, to myself and really yeah. trying to help them avoid the same mistakes I made growing up and like the, the different fad diets I tried and focusing on aesthetics versus performance that ultimately led to a lot of different injuries that kept me from, you know, when I got drafted to the CWHL, I had a lot of injuries back then that kept me from training at the level I needed to, to actually make a final roster of a team. So by working with athletes, it lets me help them avoid those same underfueling mistakes that lead to a lot of issues in their performance. And so my business mentor was like, you need to niche down. You need to have one focus. I went with OCR and yeah, business has been great ever since then. Every year I've more than doubled my revenue and mm -hmm. being in such a specific niche is what I think has also allowed me to be recognized like by Optimize Magazine, for example, mm -hmm. because I do stand out as being one of the only people in Canada that focuses specifically on that audience. And so a lot of the brand partnerships I have and sponsorships I have and relationships I have are because of the fact that I do stand out in such a huge crowd of like fitness and health professionals. And it's such a growing niche right now too. I mean, you obviously kind of caught the right wave, I think at the right time, because so many people have not only just, um, are going into those races and, and, you know, doing that, but the, the level of what's happening in those races is completely different. The elite level has grown so much or at least evolved so much over that time. Yeah, absolutely. When I first started, like there were cash prizes and things like that for the elite, but not a lot of people knew about it or really cared about it. A lot of people were doing more of the open waves and now it's become so competitive that there's still the open divisions, but a lot of races offer age group divisions with their own podiums and then the elite divisions as well with actual cash prizes for those podiums. And now there's world championship events and big yeah. regional events that qualify for national events, which then qualify yeah. for world events. So yeah, it's definitely taken off and there's so many more countries and so many more athletes participating. And it's, it's pretty amazing to see athletes having an opportunity to have a new sport. Like I, a lot of people I talk to are former athletes like myself who wanted something new to like test that competitive edge, but yeah. also the amount of, like sedentary people who've become like these weekend warriors and who are achieving their health and fitness goals because of the fact that they've discovered obstacle course racing and it gives them something to specifically train for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, I don't know if you know, um, we spoke to Joe Decina a little while ago on, and uh, um, he talked a lot about how one of their big goals is to have a change to an Olympic sport, which is, is fantastic as well. But, but the other thing actually now that we're kind of on that a little bit is he, um, uh, he talks about building resiliency every day. And that's, um, and, and I just wonder, you know, your, your style, when I look at kind of how you approach kind of things, it's, it's obviously, I mean, he is very intense and he has a, a certain way of, of being able to link with the people that he does. Um, you also look like you have, you share a lot about kind of your own kind of your own life and how you do things as well. And then obviously that connection with the people that you coach must be, must be different. So tell us about, you know, how do you approach that with somebody who is, whether it's an elite athlete or, or somebody else that's your client? Yeah. So I'm very much of the mind frame that 
nutrition isn't difficult. It doesn't need to be complicated. Like I'm not a big fan of restrictions or, you know, cutting out specific macros or calling foods bad. Uh, you know, we all want to enjoy life and food is fun. And so I'm really trying to work with athletes to break those social media and, you know, big media things that they're hearing about, like, you can't eat this food and that food and really showing them that, Hey, I'm a nutritionist and I'm a, you know, high level athlete and I'm skinny and I have, you know, core muscles and I eat pizza and I eat donuts and so can you. And it's all about, you know, where, where and when you fit them into your fueling plan. But yeah, all foods can fit. All foods can be fun and a part of an athlete's fueling plan. And it's, that's really like the biggest thing that I want athletes to think about. And then going back to like performance versus aesthetics and sure there's some sports that, you know, the aesthetics matter, but for most of us, it doesn't and sacrifice performance just to have, you know, core definition is silly. And so I'm really trying to break that mindset with athletes. Yeah. And and that, um, I would wonder how much of that is, um, is exacerbated because of social media and everything as well. I think of, you know, especially younger people now, there is so much comparison. um, And it's not just about functional fitness. It's more about kind of the aesthetics than anything else. Are you seeing a lot of people who who connect with you that that's that's an ingrained part of, of their psyche around it? Yeah, I I see it with men and women. So a lot of people think it's just like a female issue, but it's not. And I get a lot of people who will message me with like a very specific body fat range they want. And like, they didn't just pick that number out of thin air. Like it's because they've seen other people say, Hey, look at me. I have 5% body fat as the male, this, or I have 12% body fat as a female, this. And so they come to me with those numbers and it's really about trying to, establish that connection that one those people they're seeing that aren't obstacle course race athletes so there's a difference and and even the ones that are you know everybody has different body types and you can you can be very unhealthy with a six-pack or you can be very healthy without a six-pack um, and still perform really well yeah that's i i mean I, it's it's interesting you say it that way too because i i do think that you know people automatically correlate you know uh, um the aesthetics with whether somebody is fit or not and and oftentimes that's not the case as you're saying as well yeah. um the so you talked a little bit about hockey i'm going to go back to it for a second because you mentioned how um how that affected you and and um you know from because there's lots of people that i know um who've been listening and uh, are going through some of those struggles around um, whether it's post-concussion or struggling with doing a transition maybe and realizing that they can't do the thing that they love as often. Um, how did you get yourself through that? Uh, I mean, it sounds like for a while you kind of buried yourself in what something different. Um, you know, if, if someone was coming to you about, you know, how do you, how do you kind of change and how do you have a mindset through that? What, what would you say to them? Yeah, that's a tough one because I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I think I just had a really good support system Um, you know, I have a strong spouse at home who like really helped me through everything that was going on. And I think that really matters. Like if you're alone, that's a lot more challenging. Um, I think the severity of the injury also made it very clear that I had to change things. Um, I had ignored one too many concussions, obviously before that. And it was before concussions were such a big deal. Um, and just knowing the, the impact it had on me, like that concussion was when I, had a significant change in like my brain function and the work I could do. And so for me, it was like, 
a blessing in disguise, like as, as silly as that sounds, because it was a horrible injury. Um, but that is what cat, like that was the catalyst for all the changes that I've made. So um, I had to be more aware of my diet and the way I was training because I was being more aware of how it impacted my brain. And I had to be more aware of where I was expending my energy because I didn't have much to give. And so when I was working for other people and had to go to work and couldn't take a sick day, like those were terrible days. And so that's what made me push even harder to like quit my job and set up my own business. And had it not been for those concussions, would I have my own business now? I don't know, but I had to, because even now I still only work like 20 hours a week. I have to be very mindful. It's been almost five years and I still, there's days where I get symptoms and I have to be very careful and I take a couple of days off of work completely. And if I worked for someone else, I wouldn't be able to do that. So it was more about like paying attention to myself and really understanding that my body was giving me signals and I had to make those changes, but having a support system, having, you know, business mentors really helped because it is, it's very easy to go into a dark place when, you know, like my whole identity was as a hockey player, my, you know, all those years. So it was definitely, and even now I still have a challenge. Like I'll watch hockey every once in a while and get that itch. And, you know, for a few days I'm, I'm quiet and a little bit depressed. And, you know, my boyfriend's like, something's wrong with you. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I just really want to play hockey again. And, but I just, I know I can't. And, um, my future will be better for, uh, for me not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's difficult because it is forced. It wasn't something, but sometimes that's what, uh, what happens. I mean, it's, it's funny how many people right now are kind of talking about how they're reevaluating things because it may be, it's, it's not the same, but it could, it's, it's a similar discussion where it might be the, the whole part of, I don't necessarily want to go back to the same place. I always go back to, or at least I have to start thinking of a plan to be more in line with what I want to do. So, um, and it actually brings me to, I, I wanted to talk to you a bit about goal setting because um, you know obviously I'm I'm sure you do that being the type of person that you are you do it but it, it but it's also probably part of what you do with anyone who comes to you about nutrition or about their um, you know I know even one thing that that you do is, is is an OCR athlete wanting to know how they can get their personal best and so that that's a goal in itself so how, how do you approach goal setting both for yourself and for your clients uh, and uh, and move that forward yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the best thing for goal setting is like using data. It's you're doing outcome based decisions. So the more data you have going into a goal setting situation, the better. Uh, it's really easy. Like those athletes who come to me and say, I want to be 12% body fat, right? But like, where are you now? Are you 30% body fat? Like, and they don't know these numbers. So it's really difficult to set a goal if you don't have data to, to do the jump off point. So with nutrition, whether it's like a food journal so that you actually have clear, specific evidence of what's going on right now so that you know what to change. Um, same thing with fitness. Like if your goal is to be able to do a hundred pull-ups, like how many can you do now? And when, you know, when is the goal for? So it's really about, again, having, having data, you can then make outcome-based decisions. That way you can also track progress and make sure that you are progressing in the rate, the speed that you should be. And that's really important with nutrition and with fitness um, and even business too. Like, again, someone can say, Oh, I want to make $10,000 a month. But like, if you can't even make a thousand, like that's a big jump point. Um, so it's all about knowing the numbers, knowing how to do that 
and then bridging that gap of like what's missing in between. And, and in most cases, it's finding a coach or a mentor that'll help you bridge that gap because there's a lot of time you can waste when, even if you have the data and you know where you want to go, you know, all this place in the middle, like if you don't know how to navigate that, it's a lot of wasted time and it could be better spent investing in your health or your nutrition or in yourself with a business coach so that you can get from point A to Z or Z, whatever the right pronunciation is for that, um, <laughs> a faster with a lot less mistakes. Yeah. And well, and, and that's it, right, is, is that I think what uh, for people that are looking to improve in your area, um, you know, it's somebody like you that that has done some of that, but is also has the data and has the ability to kind of help fine tune your goals a little bit and show you how to get there. I mean, so many, uh, so many people jump into business and um, there are lots of people to look to, to um, examples to look to that kind of shorten the learning curve, I guess, a little bit for people as well. Um, out of the people who influenced you, whether it's from, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's in your athletics or whether it's in your kind of business piece, um, is there somebody in particular that has, has served that purpose for you? And, and, uh, and I guess the other side would be what was some of the best advice that you've been given, um, as you've moved forward? Hmm. That's a good question. A I one. actually saved, I don't know where that notebook is right now. Um, Oh, no, I do know. I keep this note on the front of my journal every day. So my business mentor uh, gave me a quote. So what got me here won't get me there. So that's a really like nice quote that I like because it also shows that, again, that's that outcome-based decision. So even if, you know, let's use um, nutrition as an example, you know, even if cutting your calories by 500 calories from your maintenance got you to this weight loss goal, well, what you have to do to get to the next weight loss goal, it's, it's different. So things are always changing along the way. Same with business. What gets you your first, you know, $5,000 in revenue isn't going to necessarily get you your next $10,000 in revenue. And that, that quote really resonates with me. Like I said, it's literally sitting on a sticky note on the front of a journal that I look at pretty much every single day. Um, in terms of like people who've influenced me, I would say, um, like John Berardi from Precision Nutrition, that's a big one. Um, Lori Kennedy, she's my business mentor that I've had since 2015. And then from an athlete side of things, that one's tough because I've never like idolized any specific athletes. I think the closest for me would be like a Martin St. Louis. Um, and it's because his story just resonated with me. He was like undrafted to the NHL. He was the short little guy and like everyone was like, you're too small. And he persevered. And I'm that like short little person. You know, I'm, I've always been skinny and people like look at me and they're like, there's no way you play hockey. And so as a hockey player, he had really, his story just really resonated with me and just loved that, that story. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's funny how many people have a similar story that they connect with because it is the perseverance thing. And it's often people who are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs and things like that, because um, there is so much of that up and down. I mean, I mean, right now, especially for a lot of people, it's probably a difficult time and, and kind of grasping to some of those things to be able to kind of get through it is, is um, important at those times too. So, um, uh, so the other one that, 
I, we ask everybody is, is that if there's somebody, um, somebody at home listening, um, it used to be that I could say that if there's somebody on a train away to work and things like that, and right now that's not happening so much. So they're at, they're at home. Um, and a lot of people are rethinking, um, their fitness or what they want to do to prepare for when they can race again and things like that. If there were two or three things that you think would be good starting points that somebody literally today could do, um, what would you suggest they should do? I think the easiest thing is get more movement. Uh, we are far too sedentary and it's very easy when you work from home or if you're not working at all right now to just be sitting around all day. Um, so setting like setting timers. So a lot of us have, well, a lot of us in the like fitness industry have smart watches that like buzz at us to get up every yep. once in a while. So if you don't have that, uh, you can set a timer. Something that works really well for me is I work in like 60 to 90 minute time blocks um, just because I know that's how my brain works. But from research that I've seen, like the upper limit of concentration people have is about two hours. So I do 60 to 90 minute time blocks. And when my, I set an actual clock and when the clock buzzes, I get up and I go do a few laps in my house. Uh, if I pass my staircase, I go up and down a flight of stairs. So I've got these like trigger habits that, um, that I use. And so just getting up and moving is definitely going to help a lot of people and then sleep like sleep if you can get seven to nine hours of sleep a night like your life will change so drastically and even like weight loss goals become so much easier when you're actually getting sleep at night and now more than ever people aren't waking up to rush off anywhere so um it should be a lot easier to get sleep yeah. And, and you know what? I think um, it's interesting that you say that, that that's the one thing that is right now pretty, um, you know, it's, it's doable where sometimes people have a lot more issue with being able to get enough sleep, like you said. But um, um, but yeah, it, it is interesting how when we have time, maybe get into some of those habits and, and when things do get more difficult, um, then at least, you know, kind of how to handle them as much as you possibly can. So, um, so uh, you know, again, some, some great advice. And um, now the other thing is, is how if people want to kind of connect with you to find out more about what you do um, and even just kind of follow, you know, that you put out pieces of advice all the time on your social media. So why don't you let us know how they can do that? Sure, absolutely. So I do have a, a website. So it's www.melissabufunos.com. Um, I have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash OCR nutrition. I have two Instagram accounts. So if you are looking for like OCR specific, it's uh, at OCR nutrition, but I do have my personal Instagram account, which is at M And that one is where I just share, I do share nutrition and things like that. And mostly my lifestyle, but a, a little bit more general population stuff, not just specifically um, OCR. Yeah. And pick up the most recent uh, magazine, Optimize. I think it's still on the shelves right now because I think it is the most recent one. So uh, you can take a look at all the different uh, health influencers and Melissa is one of those. So uh, so congratulations on that. Um, the uh, the other piece is right now, uh, you know, we've talked about it uh, a couple of times is that at our website, um, there is a, a planner that's there that a lot of people are using, especially now um, where it's uh, um, it takes, it just walks you through if, uh, if you you want to look at uh, how to set um, goals maybe as we move through the second half of this year whether it's personal goals health goals business goals all of those things are in there it's a two-page thing that you can just 
you use at your leisure, but it helps maybe work you through that process a little bit. So that's at um, www.bigideabigmoves.com. And uh, the other thing is make sure you subscribe to this. Um, every week we have great guests that are uh, coming on here and uh, uh, you'll be the first to see them if you subscribe. Leave a, leave a note um, reviewing this one or, or rate it as well and make sure that Melissa and I both know what you think about it. And um, we will see everybody uh, again on uh, Big Idea, Big Moves. Thank you.